0: Welcome to the Diageo Bar Academy Bar Chat Podcast. This is your host, Tristan Stevenson. Today I am joined by Tash Conte and Sly Augustine. Tash is the owner and operator of Black Pearl, which is a legendary Melbourne cocktail bar that has been a stalwart of the Australian bar scene for 19 years. Sly is the owner of Trailer Happiness, a cult classic tiki bar that has served the residents of London's Notting Hill for 18 years. On this episode, I talked to Tash and Sly about what it's like to build a bar brand, how they both started out in the industry, how the personality of a venue is shaped over the years, how to create the right atmosphere and tips for building a better bar brand. We also discuss surviving and thriving under the pandemic restrictions and plans going forward. Hope you enjoy it. Tash and Sly, welcome to the podcast. Oh,
1: thank,
0: you. Thank, you. thank you. So, Sly, you're in London. Tash, you're at home in, in Melbourne, yeah? Uh, yes. <laughs> this is the most long-distance podcast we've done so far. I mean, unless we get someone on the moon, I don't think we can do better than this. <laughs> <laughs> so I appreciate you making time for it, because this is earlier in the morning than we'd normally record it uh, UK time, and later in the evening that we'd normally record it uh, Melbourne time. So pretty cool
1: anything for you Tristan
0: <laughs> thanks I appreciate it so I've, the, the future me has just given you an introduction at the start of the podcast but um I'd love for you guys to elaborate a little bit more on, on what you do and because I want to get into this conversation around um sort of building a bar identity and a brand behind it all so let's kick off with you Tash tell us a little bit more about Blackpile and about your kind of story in the bar industry if you would
1: um uh, so obviously um, the owner of black pearl melbourne uh will be 19 this year um so it's a family business um my background was in fashion but prior to that i had a part-time job like anybody else in uni uh singing drinks and uh so that eventually became really useful for me when i was in uni and then uh, that extended um, when we had uh, originally we purchased a, a restaurant um, that didn't do too well, and uh, we were selling more drinks than food. So, you know, kicked in the bar skills and uh, <laughs> <you know, clears throat> turned it into a into a cocktail bar. So um, I won't say the rest is history because it's not. It's uh, it was hard, but um, you know, it's it's about endurance and uh, and uh, just sticking it out really.
0: And like, what an institution it's become because. There are, you know, a handful of bars around the world that sort of opened around that time that have now become sort of institutions in the cities where they belong. And what often happens, I I see anyway, is that they become sort of training grounds for the next generation of talent who go on to open the next generation of bars. And it all sort of spawns from these unique spots that have really been like academies of, of talent. Over the years,
1: yeah, it's it's good to see. I mean, it, it makes you proud. And like you know, you look at people like Tim Phillips, and you know, he's his his own force these days. And you know, it's you know, it's good to see that people can do that, and that you had some. I'm not going to say have a some part in his, you know, in, in in where he ended up. But um, at the end of the day, it's nice to know that you shared his story. I yes, guess. you know, and and many others. Like you know, a lot of people. Um, that have come through have got names, and a lot of people don't. And you know, but they're all as equally valued, you know. Yeah. But um, so,
2: yeah, that's good.
0: <laughs> and um, Sly, so tell us about the story behind Trailer.
2: Yeah, so um, interesting love. Trailer Happiness is going to be 18 years old this year, so not quite as old as, as the Black belt.
0: Coming of age.
2: Yeah, coming of age. Obviously, Does that mean it's going to buck up like, its ideas it's and be like, like
0: more like an adult, and less like an adolescent, or is it? <laughs> uh,
2: yes, actually, actually, I think I think Trader Happiness has, has has matured in real time. Mm. Um, it is a lot more organized now than it was when I started, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I um, I started off as a customer of Trader Happiness, um, a casual customer when they opened back in two thousand and three and then a collaborative customer when I moved into events um, and organizing parties f- all around London. Um, I ended up connecting with Trailer Happiness because it's it's in the area I, I, I was born and grew up in, which is West London. So yeah, I just formed, a, I formed a, a really good connection with the bar team and actually with the previous owner. And when it came up for sale, <clears throat> Excuse me. At that point I had absolutely no no um uh ambition to own a bar. Um but I genuinely loved that place. And uh we are eight years later. I, yeah, I'm so I'm in my eighth year. And um <laughs> we're hanging on. I want to say, you know, we're going strong. We're going. This has been a this has been a very interesting last year, but um I'm still excited about it
0: you've um i mean from what i've seen i haven't been to trailer in the last year because I haven't really been anywhere but uh i've seen you, you know you have everyone keeps using the word pivot so i'm trying to avoid using it now because it's starting to grate on me a little bit but you have pirouetted you quite go. well from what we i've swiveled. seen
2: we swiveled, swiveled.
0: <laughs> i like yeah. that swizzled yeah swizzled um, um. You've been serving drinks on the street and things like that and kind of yeah. just taking it out. And and I, I've been quite impressed with what I've seen from afar.
2: Yeah, so it's been like, honestly, it's been the strangest year. It, it really, I think for, for bar owners in general, you really, um you, you have to come out of your comfort zone and you really have to identify your bar and its strengths and its weaknesses pretty quickly in order to, you know, maximise you know, the potential to kind of bring in a different kind of revenue. So when we, when we closed first time, you know, I was lucky because I had, I had some designs for t-shirts that, you know, I kind of did for various events, takeovers, you know, whatever. And um, threw up a quick store and I ended up being really, really successful. And if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the lockdown, I probably wouldn't have got around to, to, to doing that. Maybe I wouldn't, Mm. maybe I wouldn't, but definitely, You know, it forced me because I thought I was doing great, you know, I thought I was doing great. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, actually, this is not this is not enough. And you find all these other revenue streams and you're like, you know, so now I've got a dispense at the top of the stairs at the entrance of Trailer Happiness. And, you know, and that's that's going nowhere. And I am thinking to myself, well, I could have done that. I could have done that years ago. But it took this situation to really kind of make you think, what are you missing? What aspects you
0: hmm. improve on? Tell, tell me a little bit about how Trailers found its identity. Because like you say, there's been... How many diff, how many sets of owners have there been? How many people have gone
2: through there as an so, ownership? So it's now technically the, the space... It was originally a bar called Canvas. And then it was bought by Jonathan Downey. But the bones of it... And I actually, I actually sat down with a drink with the, with the guy who owned Canvas. Really cool guy. The bones of it are still that bar that he built. Then Jonathan Downey came in, looked at the space, and thought, this could be a cool kind of retro tiki bar. So he's hmm. he kind of brought in elements of that. You know, um, you know, just very gentle um elements of mid-century and tiki, just bits and bits and pieces. And then it just evolved over time. So every time, you know, a new bar manager came in, they'd look at it and go, Oh, we could add this, or you know, it might collaborate with Cheeky Tiki and it and it'd build something. And it just gradually grew more and more. Um, yeah, it just grew more, it grew more and more personality um mm-hmm. over the years. So it's really evolved. If you look at a picture of trailer happiness, you know, even well, I I did I did a refurb during during lockdown. So it looks different again. It's moved from where it was when I took it. But before that, it's probably had maybe six or seven iterations and tr- and translations to get to where it is you know transitions to get to where it is where it is now um so its identity is kind of shaped by the space by the concept so tiki and mid-century probably more mid-century um than than um than tiki but yeah it's kind of that's that's the influence that's the identity um it's kind of i don't know its just got its own personality you know you've been there Tristan. you know like when yeah. you walk in there it just kind of it takes over
0: yeah it does i mean it's an it's an experience it feels like the bar itself is one of the members of staff in a sense yep. um it, it's, it, there is something special about the place i i'm just sort of interested in you know how if you if you kind of find an identity for a bar how, how how much you should then be courageous enough to evolve that identity or whether you should kind of stick with it knowing that it's popular. You know, you don't want to kind of be like a Madonna bar where mm-hmm. it sort of reinvents itself completely every five years, but equally you don't want to stand still, right? Absolutely. Has Black Pearl changed over the years, Tash? Has it evolved a lot or is it really kind of stuck to its same sort of identity, do you think?
1: Doing Black Pearl's renovation was undoubtedly the hardest thing I've ever had to do. When we were ripping down like our wall and things like that, it was just, it was hard, but it was something that was necessary. We were true to what we wanted to be, which was, um, you know, we had a, my sister, my brother and I literally had a scrapbook of if we ever did a bar, what would it be? Um, When we saw that the restaurant wasn't doing too good. So in that, it, it had all the, you know, things, the elements that we loved in venues that we loved and also all the things that we didn't. Um, you know, so uh, we used all of those aspects and um, it wasn't just about uh, looking at a space and saying, well, what do customers want? I don't think you truly ever know what customers want. You know what you want as a patron. You want to be comfortable. You want to be served by great people who know what they're doing. Uh, You want to be able to speak to people. So for us it really did stem more with uh, the team and the people that were in it as opposed to, um, you know, the the physical aspect of it. Um, But we knew that we had to do something that was like warm and inviting, you know, um, very textural. You know, it was the original pearl was very 70s. Uh, it was lined in wood panels and uh, in different colored wood panels. It sounds terrible when you describe it now, but um, it was you know uh, orange orange couches, you know low line lamps and very dark and you know things like that. but they all worked because when people walked in, there was something in there that they could relate to or something they had seen or something they had felt or something when they were children. So I think that was a really big part of people embracing pearl straight away. Uh, And we did that at a time which was like 2002, you know, 2002 Brunswick Street was uh, it was very pub heavy, uh, live music heavy and very restaurant heavy. So, you know, for us to come in and and change and be a bar that was, you know, what it was, it was, you know, it wasn't received very well at the start. Um, you know, someone spray painted across our window, something not very nice, oh, nice. yeah. And they egged the venue, they wow. egged the venue.
2: It
0: felt like you were gentrifying the area.
2: Absolutely. Wow. Tash, um, can I ask, when you when you renovated, how much did you change the concept or did you change the concept?
1: It was a complete refurb. There's reminiscence um, uh, parts of the old pearl but um yeah the the main aesthetic is quite it's, it's it's she's more grown up that that was the whole intent
0: i mean in general you when you were reopening the idea was for the feel the sort of experience of visiting black pearl to be the same as before you didn't want it to you didn't want it to be a, feel like a significant change to the style of the
1: venue the whole thing was that he cannot feel like a new bar. So we, you know, we kept to the elements that uh, worked before, which was having things that were quite tactile, like so now we've got, you know, leather booting and things that fe- people feel and touch. And there's a lot of plants and, you know, there was a concrete wall. When we thought of the concrete wall, I thought, geez, that sounds really sterile and cold. But then we put, you know, the timber mirrors on there and the old-fashioned lights hanging off them. So it really took off that, um, that, that harshness, mm.
0: because I mean, the design is one way in which you kind of build an identity for a bar. But music, lighting, service style, obviously drinks, that sort of thing, all play into it as well. I mean, you know, if you when you turn the lights up at the end of a shift, it feels like a different bar, right?
1: Absolutely. I always yeah. say that. You know, I mean, a lot of people get that part wrong. Um, people build bars that they think people are going to love, and they spend millions of dollars, and they get it so wrong. Mm-hmm. and they they really yeah. do get it so wrong I, I really do believe that you just have a simple test of proing and conning a list and if you really sit down and think about what it is that you want it's really not that far from what your patrons want
0: this, this is an interesting side to kind of designing a bar concept it's like it, on the one hand you obviously want people to come and enjoy the place but as you Already pointed out, it's it's sometimes it's difficult to understand what people really want, and certainly there's no one size fits all either. So then you really have to kind of fall back on what your own, um, you know, instincts tell you are right for the place, and it, it can be challenging because I mean I've I've fallen victim to this because I've closed bars that have been unsuccessful as a result of you know a poor poor concept or poor execution of concept, but nonetheless they've been places where I've thought wow this is going to be awesome. <laughs> you know, I, there's going to be some people who are going to find this amazing, this place that I'm opening, maybe not enough people, or maybe, you know, you execute it poorly, but it's, it's a challenge, isn't it? To sort of balance this, your own ideals about what a place should be, basically, which is, which that when it comes down to it, it's based on your personal preferences that you've accumulated along the way with something that's going to have a, a broad enough appeal to be a financial success. Um, how, how how do you manage that,
2: Sly? A lot of the bar's personality comes from service, lighting, mood, music, and all of these other aspects. And I've always been terrified. Honestly, I've always been terrified, again, because I, I came in and I took over Trailer Happiness, which was already an established institution, which already had a lot of um, heritage and history. And like you say, had seen so many amazing bartenders, come through it and go on to do amazing things and so I've I always felt like a curator I always felt like somebody whose job it was to keep it alive and keep it in you know in good health
0: can either of you speak to a little bit about how you know you get a team to take on the identity of the bar and to sort of live it and to how you nurture that culture of a bar so that everyone is sort of on board with the same identity and the same way of behaving and, and speaking and, you know, so that a team becomes part of that brand.
1: For us, I mean, it was, um, I mean, I, I can, I've been fortunate enough that we haven't had that many um, team rotations over, over the years. Um, you know, we've had people work there, you know, 10 years, uh, 11 years, so uh, you know, and that's pretty—that's pretty rare. Um, but I, I've always said that I think that you, if you treat people the way you want to be treated, it's—it's um, it's not a—it's not a recipe that you know is—is is difficult to follow or to understand. Um, I give people many liberties at work just to be who they are, um, because I—I I think I, me personally, if I—if someone said to me, go and work somewhere for twelve hours and i had to be making somebody else's cocktails somebody else's you know i couldn't think of anything worse and i think we i grab people gravitate to us that share that experience that turn around and and are happy that they they've been given that that opportunity because it is an opportunity it's an opportunity not many bars offer you walk in you're walking into an existing menu and uh, you're lucky if you if you get to touch you know any 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 part of that um, because there is a design process that happens and then there are you know there are bottom lines to meet so it's very different to to like you know when I was working um, you know these days so the investment for me and I think the draw, card and lure for me is the fact that I can allow people to do that I have enough confidence. In, in the venue and in the people that we hire to be able to do that. Uh, and as far as, you know, there's got obviously some sort of guidelines, you know, but uh, as long as you, people can show that there's value in it for the, for the, for the venue and then there is um, obviously, you know, we're living in the world of Instagram now, so it's completely different again and it's very fast and, you know, some bars do it exceptionally, some bars do it really slow. We, we hit it in the middle. Um, and, and you sort of have to, because if you don't, uh, you know, you, you just uh, like, you know, it's, it's very difficult to survive today without being, um, you know, involved in, in, in that platform.
2: Yeah, exactly that. Um, yes, it's very, very similar, um, kind of ethos for trailer happiness. Um, the people that I hire, I hire based on, you know, not obviously not just on personality, but, but that is a massive part of it people that i'm very proud of the team that we have at trailer happiness because i think that alongside trailer and you mentioned it trailer is a member of staff that bar i'm very grateful for because honestly people come into the bar and they just chill out What? Well, how do you think
0: you need to sort of build a bar's identity differently if it's a neighborhood bar versus like an inner city bar or uh you know a bar in a hotel what different considerations do you, do you think there are for neighbourhood bars?
1: I think for us, I mean, we just read the street. I mean, you go in, obviously, with an original concept, yeah, and then even the first, you know, Pearl, you know, the first version of it, it was, you know, a year into it. We tweaked it, obviously, because there was different things that we could see that were needed, Um along the way so you know you start with the bones and then it's like any 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 business <clears throat> or any home uh, to be honest uh you build on that you start out with the shell and then it's like okay well the team needs this and then that didn't work out so great you can make those small small alter, um, alterations in the middle but um you know it, the whole thing is just reading reading people and then just making sure that those changes are made but they're not made they're made subtly we're never going to have the money that, you know, there are new bars popping up all the time and ones in the city that are doing amazing things. And I wish I could do all of that. But if I did any of that in Fitzroy or in our space, I can guarantee whatever trade we have, we would lose. Mm. We would lose inside of a couple of weeks.
2: I think that, I think that that is, it's such a strange industry um, hospitality because I've been to some spectacular bars. Right. And I'm like, wow. And it's, and it's, and it's incredible. But I've also been to some bars that are small, independently owned bars, places, you know, I, I honestly cannot wait to get to Black Pearl. Um, but, you know, places like like Homeboy put its place together with no money, right? But, it, but what it has, money can't buy. You know, like when your bar has that thing, money can't buy that. And so people say to me, they say, um, when are you gonna open another trailer? It's like, what? <laughs> I could open another bar and i could call it trailer i don't know whether it would be trailer you know what i mean that would be for the people to decide there's so many variables because trailer works because it's where it is it works because of the community it works because of the building it works because of the quirky corners and the weird bathroom and the off key what 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 where those stairs go you know it works because of all of these aspects and elements it's not it's not a concept that was drawn on paper and then realized. And that's the difference, I think, when you get a hotel bar. When you speak about hotel bar, hotel bars are blue sky. They are literally like you you draw it, every aspect of it, and you can spend time and you can, you know, money's not an object. So I think, you know, in terms of how do you navigate or create an identity, you've got two options. If it's a If it's an independent bar that you own, that a person owns, then what you have to do is have have faith in yourself because look at the end of the day you better love your bar right you don't want to don't try and think you can make what people like if you don't like it like you know don't try and be like well i'm gonna do this because i think that's what people will like think about what what you appreciate and that that enjoyment and your love will resonate people will pick up on that they pick up on that energy and they will and they'll respond positively for the most part you know if you're doing if you're doing a hotel look you can always refurb it, right? I mean, look, Dandelion, best bar in the world, they just decided, you know what? Nah, we're gonna, we're gonna close down and just, and refurb the whole gaff, you know? So hotels, different, different um care of What?
0: what what one thing that interests me though, Sly, is Trailer um in Notting Hill, which is a neighborhood. It's not, you know, it's not the center of London, although it's a, you know, pretty, you know, there's a lot of people live there, I expect. It, if I was opening a neighbourhood bar, I would think to myself, "This, like, this would be the sort of logical route I'd go down." I would think to myself, "Right, I need to open a bar that appeals to as many people as possible who live in this area. So that means it needs to sort of perform multiple functions or roles. for 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 the kind, it needs to be an after-work place. It needs to be a place for a couple who live nearby to come. It needs to be. It needs to have food, maybe all these kind of yep. things that make it." Is that they'll take it in a quite a generic sort of direction. It can be it could be good, mm. like great, yeah. but generic. Whereas Trailer for me, although it ticks on those boxes, it feels like a destination bar in a neighborhood. Yes. Like it's you know, it's it's rum themed, it's tiki themed, not in your face, like it's sort of subtle the tiki and you know, it, it's it, you know, it's it's my favorite aspect of tiki I suppose, um like that mid-century style but it's it's not going to be for everyone, I wouldn't think. So how have you made it that, such a success right. in a neighborhood? So
2: that is, that's the beauty of it, right? So Notting Hill is one of the most expensive places to live in London, but it's also filled, not as much as it used to be, but it still is filled with some of the most creative, like worldly, down-to-earth people you'd ever meet. They're not interested in shiny stuff. If they want shiny things, they'll go to Soho. They'll go to Mayfair. You know, when they're walking around, they don't, they're not really interested in that. They'll probably just go to the pub. You know, David Beckham lives in Notting Hill. He's at the cow. He's in the pub. You know, he's not, he's not tr- necessarily trying to go to the swanky, to a swanky place in, you know, where he lives. So people come into trailer and they can feel and they can see people having a great time and smiling. And even if it's not traditionally the kind of place they'd be in, they can still feel that. They still get that buzz. They still get that energy. And I think that, you know, it's not complicated. Like people like to be around, if you're going out to socialize, you want to be around people who are happy. If the team and the staff are happy, the music's fun, the drinks are fun. You know, if it's, if you create that vibe, Everything else is just garnish, right?
1: That's what I was trying to say before with the bar team. That uh, you know, the original the aesthetics is the you know is the is the the primary lure. But after that, it's all about the bar team. I mean, it's it's the backbone. If you don't have a solid bar team, um, you know that, that like I've said, especially in a neighbourhood bar for us, my biggest in the way that I interviewed people apart, I never hired anybody that wasn't a patron. That was the first thing, and the second thing was. Um, you know, if you, if you can't sit with two feet of wood between you and somebody and just one single person and keep that person, not entertained, just conversation because having a good conversation is a very difficult thing to do. Sitting with somebody for an hour or two and keeping that person entertained, I will give that person the job ten times over as opposed to somebody who comes in with a CV three inches thick and says, do you know how much money I can make for you? How about I don't care? the end of the day sit with one person and i just want to see what the interaction is if you cannot maintain a decent conversation you don't get the job everything else you can be taught i can't teach you how to be interested in life and just being an interesting person in general
2: yeah my guys i tash i i, I can't wait for you to meet my guys they are some interesting characters mate they can definitely ch- they can entertain communicate like all of that stuff but but what you're saying as well so I just remembered um, in the early the early years of um, of ownership of, of Trailer Happiness, um, you know, it was the first eight months was disastrous. Like you know, I, I, I mentioned it too often, but anyway, you know, um, it wasn't good. And I remember when we were going through financial troubles, somebody told me that there was some, there was a guy who was interested in in investing in Trailer, right? Like a, quite a wealthy guy. He was interested in investing. And I was like, oh, great. Like, you know, let's let's sit down and have a chat. So I met him and we sat in the den of Trailer Happiness and he started talking and he was like, yeah. So we'll get rid of those speakers. To be fair, the speakers weren't great. You know, the, the system wasn't great when I came in there. It was constantly blowing. You know, I love it now. It's, it's, it's brilliant. It was expensive once and I didn't have to worry about it ever again. Um, but... You know, he's so he's. I'm like, all right, fair enough. And he's like, yeah, and um, we'll we'll get rid of that. We'll take all that stuff out, and we'll just get champagne. We'll have champagne. We'll have table service. He was like, I'll have. He was like, I'll have queues down the road. He's like, I'll have people queuing down the road. I was like, why would I want people standing on the street? I was like, furthermore, I believe you. You'll have people queuing up outside the road. You probably have us in the Evening Standard, the Daily Mail, for about six months, and then we'll be done. And you know, the benefit of being something that is not overly manufactured and is somewhat organic, you're never out of date. You're never out of date, you're never <laughs> overplayed, you never oversell yourself. You just become, you are a part of, you know, you're a part of this thing and you age with grace. It's the, it's the equivalent of a piece of furniture, right? Like if you buy a solid wood piece of furniture, that thing's gonna age beautifully or a lovely leather bag, right? It's gonna age well. If you buy that cheap laminate or that cheesy, you know, pleather PVC thing, it's going to crack after a few months. It's done. Do you know what I mean? And that's how, and that's kind of how I look at um trailer happiness, man. Like it's, it's for the long haul.
0: Well, this is the danger of following trends, right? Um, Like the definition of a trend is that it comes, but it also goes, right. And if you've kind of hedged your bets on that trend, be it like you, you know, you, you know, a rebrand or a relaunch or an opening and you're like, right, we're going to be the place that does, um, God, I don't want to say what trends are going to come and go now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be the place that does rotovaps, right? It's going to be all sciencey and everything. Um, you know, what happens in a year's time when, People have come, they've spent their money, it's been popular, but that trend is starting to diminish and you've kind of put all of your eggs in that basket. So I, I love that analogy of like an old piece of wooden furniture, an antique that sort of gets better with age, and timeless, you know. Um, I think that that's, if you look at any bar, and you know, you two both have great examples here that have survived a decade or more, um, there is something about it that transcends trends. You know, you gain that sort of following. You gain those regulars who who love it for being that sort of place away from their home that feels like home still. I almost think it goes without saying that having an identity to your bar is going to be positive for your bottom line. Um, because because if it's anonymous, if it doesn't feel like anything, then people are less likely to come.
2: For me, the benefits of you know having a, a strong identity and um a strong culture within your bar means that you're much more likely to succeed and to have longevity. You know, that's that's where that's where the longevity comes from. It comes when people invest in you, you know, people invest in your you know, in, in your in your team and invest in your bar, they invest in the culture of your bar.
0: So just um to sort of start wrapping this up, I want to talk a little bit about the current situation um, and what you guys have... have it's like you've already talked a lot about sort of the period when you're closed and, and doing the refurb and everything. You mentioned about T-shirts as well. What, else, what, what have you been doing um, both at the start of the first lockdown and now, and what are you kind of planning on doing while you're still closed? Because we're recording this at the end of January. What's what's the strategy to kind of keep trailer front and center of people's minds and, and keep keep pushing forward?
2: I actually stopped pushing um, during Christmas time because I realised that um, I was I was I was in danger of becoming a salesman or I want to be careful that I'm always mindful that whatever I put out there is, is right for trailer happiness and that it fits trailer happiness. Cause the same thing um, you're saying Tash, about, you know, you don't want to look, you don't want to like you're try hard, like you're, just, you're scrambling around trying to do, you know, stuff that doesn't necessarily fit what you, what you're about. So I actually took a break. Um, but now I've, I've, I've just got a new office actually. Um, And we're going to be working on a few different projects, Um, some products, some tasting kits. Um, We're going to get the merchandise more kind of consistent. And we're going to probably start doing some, you know, just some more kind of interesting and more bespoke items that aren't just clothing in terms of merchandise. I'm quite excited about doing that. So the stuff that I'm doing at the moment is trying to figure out ways that Trailer Happiness can generate money, when the doors are closed that's really the first you know that, that's the main thing is like how can we how can we keep that 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 flow of 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 revenue and you know provide something cool provide something that people can actually enjoy when we're closed so we're doing rtds you know we're doing we're doing um you know bottled can cocktails that that whole nine for sure cool sounds good tash what's the current situation
0: in melbourne then with with bars are you open at the moment?
1: Uh so we're only open three days currently. Um so we're still under the 1.5 meter ruling internally. So it means uh we can only have uh 45 people and they have to all be seated, can't um yeah, can have some standing, but I mean we chose to have people just seating anyway. It just creates um some people are like, why can I sit? Why can't I sit all of that? So it's like everybody sits. Let's mm. just make it easy. Let's just get through
0: this. And you can, and you can make money with, with it like that. Uh,
1: no. All right.
2: No. One thing I would say as well is, um, when we when we come out of this, I think that as hospitality as a group, we need to be much more of a unit. What we present and what we facilitate is a large part of why people can actually bear their nine to five and everything else. Socializing, it's it's a necessary part of our existence.
0: So, guys, if you have one tip. Uh, that you would advise to someone perhaps looking to open their own venue or looking to refresh an existing venue and breathe some new life into it? What would you, what would you say?
1: Um, I think for me, the biggest thing is that, um, you know, be true to yourself and be true to your brand. Being alive on Instagram is literally going to give you that longevity that, that all of us are going to be needing.
2: I would say to anybody that wants to start a bar, make sure you give yourself time. It's a commitment. It's a marriage. So when it comes to creating a, a culture and creating a an atmosphere in your space, I think that my tip would just be to make sure that there's a spark and a connection to whatever project you get involved in.
0: Cool. Well, look, guys, um, it's been so good to have you both on and um, a great conversation, hearing about your, your origin stories and the bars and, and what you're going through at the moment. And, and I wish you both the absolute best for the future. I mean, if anyone's going to survive it, I would hope it's, it's Black Pearl and trailer happiness. Thanks for listening to the Diageo Bar Academy Bar Chat Podcast. Follow and subscribe now for more episodes and to rate this podcast. You can also dive into previous episodes featuring conversations between myself and industry experts covering a whole range of interesting topics. See you later, everyone. Bye.